once upon a time, 27 years after the bombs fell, there were two people, a vault dweller and a California girl. They met and sparks flew. That's when things got interesting. This is their story. Once Upon a Wasteland, Episode 6, So Desperate a Step. Okay, Odessa, you can do this. Beth and Mr. Kirby trained you well. And the other two times we went undercover, it went fine. Well, except for getting drugged and almost sleeping with Beth's best friend. Here goes. Good morning. I didn't expect to see you back at the club so soon. And I also didn't expect to see you here alone. But Mr. McCallum was very pleased that you wanted to see him. Right this way. He's waiting for you. Thank you. It's wonderful to see you again, Courtney. Can I interest you in lunch? The club may not be open right now, but my personal chef is never far, and our kitchen is always at the ready. I think that sounds lovely. Great. What can I get for you? And do you have any dietary restrictions? Surprise me. And no, I don't. Give this to Henry, please. Yes, sir. I just wish Miss Holstead could have joined us as well. You two are <laughs> electric when you're together. And I adore that just hearing her name still makes you blush. Alice sends her regrets. But there were a couple of things that we were hoping for a bit of clarification on. Of course. I can't reveal any trade secrets until our partnership is official. But I'm happy to provide whatever context you may need otherwise. Thank you. I wanted to ask about your memory devices. I thought you might. You seemed quite interested in them when we first spoke. We're still trying to figure out a good name for them, by the way. Davina is a genius when it comes to marketing, but this one has even her stumped. Perhaps Alice and I can give that some thought. When our partnership is official, of course. What would you like to know? I'm mostly concerned about the potential danger to clients. As am I. We've been working hard to mitigate that. We've made tremendous progress. There are two primary issues. First, there always seems to be the possibility that a client's mind will, oh, reject the experience, which introduces significant neurological trauma. And what can you do about that? Unfortunately, the technology itself is impenetrable. We've been able to play around the margins, but the impact of doing all that has been, well, marginal. But 
we've been developing a chem as well. We piggybacked off the research that we found with the equipment. The people who developed this technology, of course, ran into the same problems that we did. And although they continued to refine the technology itself, they began working on the pharmaceutical side as well. And chems are something that you're very familiar with. We are. We brought some of the top scientists in that area with us when we came here, and they've made significant progress. Our more recent tests have been very promising. That's excellent news. It is. We're not monsters. You know what it's like out there. We want people to have the ability to enjoy themselves, in spite of that. Where did you find the tech? I sent advanced teams to scout locations for this club. One of the teams found an underground lab facility, and although that location was too small for a club and wasn't centrally located, the technology inside was incredible. We moved the technology to a secure location and then brought it here. I see. Have you found any more facilities like that one? No. We heard rumors, rumblings. But whenever I sent anyone to check them out, it was nothing. There were references to other aspects of whatever project created these things, but everything seemed to be... What's the word? Compartmentalized? Yes. That's common with Vault-Tec projects, I've found. How did you know it was Vault-Tec? Who else could it be? I suppose you're right. And even if another group was involved, Vault-Tec would be a very prominent player as well. They always are, it seems. Even with them gone, there are other groups to contend with. The Brotherhood of Steel is one that I'm most concerned about. I can see them causing problems. What kind of problems? They seem like a noble group to me. The Brotherhood's reputation precedes it. Their focus on purity, shall we say, gives me the willies. And they are incredibly arrogant, especially when it comes to technology. Think about this technology. One of the primary reasons for the secrecy surrounding this tech is that they would level my club and kill all of us if they found out about it. That's not true. That's a surprisingly strong reaction. I'm sorry. Alice and I have had a lot of interaction with the Brotherhood, and that kind of thing seems out of character. Well, I'm glad your interactions have been positive. Ours have been less so. I understand. And in your business, if you're not careful, you're dead. Precisely. I'm sure you face many of the same challenges. I do. So I'm sure you can appreciate my desire to perform due diligence. I certainly can. Was that all you wanted to know about? No. I also had a question regarding... a chem. I see. Well, anything you'd like to sample is at your disposal. And if there's anything that Miss Halstead is interested in, you're more than welcome to take it to her. Or she can stop by at any time. Thank you. I don't want to sample anything. I just had questions about one specific chem. Are you familiar with Venus? Familiar with it? We developed it. And if I may say, it's one of our proudest achievements. Oh. I didn't know it was one of your creations. It is. It's still not perfect, but as long as it's used responsibly, it is a transcendent experience.
So I've heard. Ah. I was wondering if you had used it yourself. What would you like to know? I'm specifically curious about the nature of its effects. Can it create attraction where it didn't previously exist? <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's not a love potion. That's one of the things that inspired the name, though. It intensifies feelings that are already there. It can't create anything out of whole cloth, and that's by design. There's too much potential for abuse otherwise. I can see that. It empowers people to take chances they might not take otherwise. To feel more deeply. Which inspires them to express themselves in ways that sometimes surprise them. With couples, it usually manifests itself in being more adventurous or experimental in their lovemaking. And with non-couples? It's used by people all along the relationship spectrum. People who've been married for years to those who are still, let's say, finding their way. Although... What is it? Well, it's never occurred to me before, but while it isn't a love potion, it could be used as a true serum in a way, to test to see if two people have feelings under the surface. Do you mean something along the lines of in vino veritas? In wine, there is truth. Although, in Venus veritas would be much more truthful than alcohol. You may have helped me create a new marketing angle, Miss Fonseca. Though, we'd certainly want to get that last remaining issue corrected before recommending that kind of usage. Oh, yes. I meant to ask about that. What is that issue? Well, to put it plainly, it can be abused if too much is taken. There is a tipping point, it's different for each person, where they become, for lack of a better comparison, hypnotized. I'm not sure I understand. If someone takes too much, they'll do just about anything they're asked. There seems to be a line involving direct self-harm, fortunately. They won't jump off a building or shoot themselves if told to. But it creates a significant risk of abuse, and that's why we're trying so hard to fix it. We try to mitigate it by being careful who we sell it to, and strictly limiting the amount we sell to any one person. It's not a perfect solution, but it's the best we can do for now. I see. You seem... upset. I am a bit, if I'm being honest. I don't like that a chem with that kind of potential for abuse is out there. Mitigation strategies or not. Try to look at it pragmatically. We've made it as difficult as we can for people to abuse it. And alcohol carries the same potential for abuse, if not more. And that is available without any restriction. That doesn't make it right. We operate in a world of gray, Courtney. Thinking in absolute terms has always been dangerous. And it's especially dangerous in this environment. I've made fixing this my recreational chems team's top priority. I've put everyone on it. We're not developing any new chems or even improving existing ones until this issue gets resolved. That's encouraging. Thank you. I did have one other question about it. What is it? In a situation where someone takes too much and becomes compliant, does it change the nature of the way the primary effects work? No. 
It's an additive effect. If someone were to accidentally take too much, they would still experience the same intensified feelings of attraction and pleasure. That person's partner would simply need to be careful in navigating the encounter. As with most things, it comes down to trust. The only potential downside is that, at a certain point, memory loss does occur. So the person wouldn't remember anything that happened, no matter how unforgettable it might be. That would be very disappointing, I'm sure. Mr. McCallum, Miss Fonseca, lunch is ready. Perfect. Let's continue our conversation in the dining room. After you. Thank you. Shatsi, how are you? You just missed your father. Oh dear. Where did he go? He went for a walk. Don't give me that look. He really just went for a walk. Good. How are you holding up? I'm fine, dear. You staying the night with us helped, too. It was nice to have you home, Lily. And I may not be an intelligence officer, but I am pretty tough. You are at that. Have you eaten? You also just missed lunch, I'm afraid. Cooking helped take my mind off things for a bit. I would have waited if I'd known you were coming. I was kind of hoping I'd be able to use the same strategy to take a break from thinking about... Everything. Well, I suppose you'll just have to invite Odessa over for dinner then. <laughs> I suppose I will. But I can't stop replaying everything that happened at Foundation. We got there as quickly as we could, but we were still too late to help. You could have... You could have been killed, Mum. And it would have been my fault. Your fault? Lily, you cannot think that way. The more we learn about what the Morning Star is up to, the more it seems to be about me. And I just don't understand why. I never had any involvement in this research. Not even a scientist. What did I do to deserve this? He's been toying with me from the outset. I just didn't realize it at the time. I wish I could just... turn myself in and end this. But I guess that wouldn't fit in with his little game. Elizabeth Laurel Kirby, I will not sit here and listen to you talk like that. Besides, I know you too well to even entertain the idea that you'd give up. I know that you're concerned about the peril that we all seem to be in right now, and I'm concerned too. But the best way for you to protect us is to keep doing what you've been doing. You're right, of course. Oh, I meant to ask, did you recognize any of the people who were holding you hostage? No. I wish I had. That could have provided significant insight. If not into who's behind this, then at least into which groups are involved. We were speculating that it might be the Free States, but I knew that was unlikely given the work you'd done to establish detente between them and Foundation. Indeed. I suppose it could have been rogue elements within the Free States that didn't like the agreement, but for what it's worth, the men I saw didn't feel like Free Staters. In what way? They seemed more... precise, I suppose? It's hard to put my finger on it. They seemed more like traditional military. Hmm. Perhaps he's bringing in mercenaries. Perhaps. 
But I think that's something you'll have to discuss with your father when he gets back. Before he does... Yes? Well, there were some things I wanted to talk to you about. Everything that's happened has had me wondering... How did you and Dad do it? How did we do what? I've never seen two people more in love than you two. The world literally fell apart around you, but... You didn't. It wasn't always easy. Even before the world fell apart. Love is often simple, pure. But circumstances tend not to be. And those are what can split us apart. Did you ever... split apart? Are you sure you want to hear this? I am, Mum. Yes. There were times, especially early on, that... Circumstances made it seem like we couldn't be together. I hate to say this, but it seemed like love wouldn't be enough sometimes. But it was. <laughs> well, you wouldn't be here if it wasn't. But what we discovered was that no matter what happened, we always came back to each other. It was almost instinct. We were each other's cadencia. Your what? Querencia. It's Spanish, but it doesn't translate directly into English. Or to German, for that matter. It was a concept your father learned about from a book of poetry he found in an old bookshop in New York. One moment, I'll get it for you. He likes to keep it nearby. Be gentle. It's more than a century old. Cemetery Nights by Stephen Dobbins I'll read it when I get home, and I'll take good care of it, I promise. I can imagine how important it is to him. And to me. Can you explain what it is in the meantime? A carencia is... a place. The place one cares most about. Where one is most secure. Protected. Where one feels safest. That's how they put it in the poem, I think. The place that all our being radiates out from. The place you come back to when things seem darkest. It can be a physical place. Or a place in your mind. A memory. Even an ideal. Or, as we learned, it can be a person. What that person embodies. What they mean to us. And what we mean to them. That's beautiful. That's love. Be careful when you read it. Your father still cries every time. But don't tell him I told you that. I won't, and thank you. Well, hello, Elizabeth. Charles, I thought you might be with Dad. You know keeping him out of trouble. I think you've noticed by now, the only person who can keep Andrew Kirby out of trouble is Andrew Kirby. Indeed. I've been trying for more than 30 years. So, where have you been? Talking to the Overseer, actually. The Overseer? You don't think she has anything to do with this, do you? Not directly, though I do trust Vault-Tec higher-ups about as far as I can throw a vault door. I trust them even less than that. I didn't want to risk showing our hand by asking directly, uh, but I did get her to more or less confirm that Project Mind's Eye 
had a sister project that either was or is being run by Vault 112 called Project Tranquility. Vault 112? That's in Washington DC, isn't it? As I recall, it was one of the last vaults that Vault Tech completed before the war. That would be correct. That's brilliant news. We can get in touch with Brian's team and... what? We haven't been able to contact Brian or anyone from his team. It's been nine months, I believe. That doesn't mean that we've lost them, not necessarily, but it does mean that we can't use them as a resource to determine if whatever this Vault 112 project is has anything to do with Morningstar's plans. Unless and until they turn up. It's possible that their disappearance is tied to whatever he's up to. Maybe they got too close. Brian is one of the canniest operators I know. I just... I hope to see him again. He was a good friend. And we could certainly use his help right now. And I know that closure would help. It would, if I'm being honest. But I can't worry about that now. Charles, what did you find out about that sister project? Not much, I'm afraid. Um, the Overseer didn't seem to know anything about it, other than that Vault 112 was one of several vaults that had projects uh, related to the efforts being run out of Vault 76. But she said that she was never appraised of the specifics of those other projects, and I believe her. She was an administrator. There would be no need to know on that sort of a detail. Which means we're nowhere. No, no, I wouldn't say nowhere. Remember, intelligence isn't always big, dramatic revelations. Sometimes it's about gathering enough pieces of the puzzle that you start to see the picture form. And this does seem like a potentially important piece. I hope you're right. Given what happened at Foundation, it seems that he's getting bolder. He is, at that. We'll keep at it. Um, and who knows, perhaps your father will have accidentally stumbled across some information during his completely innocent walk. Oh, he's incorrigible. He's lucky I love him. <laughs> he is. You're both lucky. I agree. A lot of hard work in there too, though. But well worth it. And not just because we got the best daughter on the planet out of the deal. Aww. Odessa, please, come in. Can I get you a drink? Something to eat? Thank you, I'm fine. I just ate, actually. So, what's up? I didn't expect to see you. I was going to radio you later, see if you wanted to... get together. You know, exchange intel, that sort of thing. <laughs> we can exchange intel now, if you'd like. Ooh, what did you find out? Was Nightbanks able to get something out of those prisoners? No, unfortunately. Sounds like it's time for me to give it a try. I think you're right. Alan's doing his best, but 
He isn't a trained interrogator. And... And you're still not sure about him? No. I wanted this to be the end of it. But I just... I can't shake the feeling that there's something going on with him. Could it be... unrelated? Perhaps. But I can't really confront him about it, because if he is working for the Morning Star, he'd know we're onto him. Look at you, thinking like a spy. Whoa, I'll stick to being a scientist, thanks. Most of the time, at least. It's fun, kind of like role-playing. Especially with you. In that case, I hope we have the chance for more role-playing in the future. I think we will. You said we could exchange intel. Would you like to go first, or...? Sure. Charles did some legwork and found out about a Voltaic project that may, or may not, be related to the tech that the Morningstar is chasing. Did Vault 112, or Project Tranquility, come up in any of the materials you analyzed? Hmm. No, I don't recall either of those things coming up. But I'll go downstairs and run a search, just to make sure that I didn't miss anything. What are they? Information on both was... scant. The Overseer was cagey, but did volunteer that vault ran a sister program to Project Mind's Eye out of Vault 112. But the nature of that project, Project Tranquility, well, either she didn't know or wasn't saying. Which do you think it was? But Charles said that it felt like she didn't know, and that jibes with the way that vault operates. As for Vault 112, how familiar are you with the nature of the various vaults? A little. I thought they were all supposed to provide shelter to selected people from the bombs. Was that not the case? Well, some vaults were. Vault 76 was one of them. They called them Control Vaults. But others weren't so much about protecting the great and the good, but were geared more toward... conducting experiments. One of the ways my father and I bonded when I was younger was seeing what systems we could hack into together. Daddy-daughter time, you know? That's adorable. vault systems were locked down pretty effectively when it came to information on other vaults. But we were able to learn a little bit about a few of them. There was one up north, for example, that was set up specifically to perform experiments related to cryogenics. And I take it that Vault 112 wasn't a control vault? It wasn't. But all that Dad and I know about it from vault records was that it was in Washington, D.C. No mention of what sort of vault it was, and no mention of any programs or experiments housed there. So... road trip? It may come to that. My hope was that we could leverage resources that were already in the area, but... What's wrong? The program that I was a part of also had teams that were intended to leave Appalachia, and do more or less the same thing we're trying to do here. To do what we could in the background, to hold things together, and maybe guide things in a way that would foster a sustainable society. The assignment to go to Washington DC was considered the most important of them all, and the most dangerous. That makes sense, on both counts. The former seat of government is kind of the place you would want to send your best people. And we did. The team was led by Brian Reardon. He was the best of us. Smart, canny, good in a fight. 
And a hell of a leader. I feel like there's a but coming. <sighs> there is. Brian was a good friend. We were very close. No romantic entanglements, of course, which helped. Of course. Not that he didn't try. Oh, that must have been awkward. At first, but once I made it clear that I was... beyond my experimentation phase, he backed off. Fortunately, it didn't harm our friendship at all. Yet you said he was a good friend. You really are getting good at this. I didn't even realize I'd done that. I guess I used past tense for a couple of reasons. Brian didn't want the DC assignment. He wanted to coordinate things here. He felt strongly that this was the plum assignment and that he'd earn pride of place. He wanted your assignment? He did. He was upset. He accused my father of nepotism and said some unkind things to me. But in the end, he accepted the assignment and left, and that was that. But we never had the opportunity to reconcile. I'm sorry. I know what it's like to not have closure. Thank you. The thing is, I know that even if he was still angry with me, he wouldn't let that get in the way of doing what's best for the mission. The problem is that no one's heard from Brian's team in about nine months. Charles has been checking in with him periodically. I don't want to assume the worst, but... Well, you know better than anyone how dangerous it is out there. And it's only going to be more so in an area that saw as much concentrated fire as the capital. Don't lose hope. I have no doubt that he's every bit as skilled and capable as you say he is, and people like that often find a way to survive. I hope you're right. But in any case, even if he and his team did find anything out about Project Tranquility, there's no way for them to help us now. And we don't even know if it's relevant to what's going on here. It could just as easily be a red herring as a vital piece of intel. Still, it's another data point, I suppose. Your turn. I paid Craig McCallan a visit earlier. You what? I just had some follow-up questions. You're not upset, are you? I'm not. I'm just surprised. And, in fact, I'm impressed. What did you find out? I was curious about where he got his technology from. From the way he described it, it sounded different from what's discussed in the materials we've found and in Dr. Flagler's notes. I noticed that as well. He didn't want to volunteer much, but he said he found it while scouting locations for his club. But all of the labs we know about are accounted for. Cleaned out, sure, but accounted for. So that lab must not have been related to Mind's Eye. At least, not directly. That was my thought as well. And, given what you said about Project Tranquility... It's possible that it was a satellite lab for that project. So it wouldn't appear in the project notes we found. And that might explain why Morningstar hadn't been looking for it. If that's the case, then that tech may be even more relevant to the Morningstar's plans than we'd thought. It's been a productive day, hasn't it? It has. Seems like we make a good team even when we're split up. There was something else I wanted to talk to you about, unrelated to all of this. Oh? Am I going to need that drink? <laughs> Maybe. How about you pour and we'll talk, okay? 
Okay, have a seat and I'll be right back. I wanted to talk to you about the party. Oh? What about it? Um, this is awkward, but... Uh-oh. Casey asked me to go with her. Oh. Oh my. And, um... What did you say? I mean, of course I completely understand it. Beth, I didn't say anything. You didn't? Why? Did you want to see if I'd be upset before you said yes? <laughs> no, Beth, I did not. She didn't give me a chance to say anything. She told me to think about it and sort of floated away. So... Elizabeth Kirby, would you be my date to the Brotherhood blowing off steam party tomorrow night? Of course, if you're not busy. I'm not busy, and I would love to go with you. Full disclosure, I was kind of hoping that was why you stopped by. <laughs> that was a big part of it, yeah. Do you think you have something in that closet of yours that I can wear? It would have to be a little more demure than what I wore to Craig and Davina's club. <laughs> yes, I think that would be advisable, and maybe you can help me pick something out as well. I'd love that. You probably know Casey better than anyone. Is she going to be upset? I don't want this to be weird. Casey's not like that at all. It won't be weird, and besides, she's probably already had 20 Brotherhood members ask her already. You know, it's funny. What is? I know that people can break up and still be friends, but I've met two people that you were involved with, and, well, you're not just friends. They're incredibly loyal to you. Casey made it pretty clear that she didn't want to get in the way of whatever may be going on between us. And, um, in the interest of Semper Veritas... Uh-oh. I was kind of maybe considering asking her out myself before you happened. Why do I always seem to happen to people? Oh, that's Beth. Great in bed, but she'll knock you around like a radstorm. I'm sorry. That was a poor choice of words. I didn't mean it in a negative way. And, in fact, I'm glad you happened to me. You really mean that? Semper Veritas still applies. I guess I'll just have to find out if I, um, get knocked around like a radstorm. <laughs> Alright, let's start looking through that wardrobe. And don't forget we're having dinner with Amanda tonight at her place to talk about what happened that first night I was gone. Oh, wouldn't miss it for the world. It'll be fun. I'm going to check in on her after you head to Atlas and see if she needs any help with cooking or setting up. And I promise not to try to get any information out of her ahead of time. Princess. Are uh, you right? Never better. Care for a drink? How many have you had? Uh, four? But they were kind of big. Why don't we sit down together for a moment? I need you to talk to me about what's wrong. 
I love you, baby. I love you too. And you're really worrying me right now. Did something happen? I guess I just been thinking a lot about about us and what what went wrong. Amanda, I You trusted me and I and I threw it away. I I threw you away. We we could have been happy. Shh, come here. Where's all this coming from? I I loved you so much. But even that didn't matter. I I broke your heart. All because of some sick need to break you. I I wanted you to be broken just like me. I was broken before I even left the vault, and you know that. Voltec and the people they allowed into positions of authority made certain of that. I took advantage of you. I wanted you to. I may not have realized it at the time, but I needed to purge all of that pain somehow. Those memories. The way I was abused under the guise of training. Amanda, you're the reason I made it through. Because I loved you. And you loved me back. I'm always going to carry that pain from the vault with me, but... You didn't ruin my life. You saved it. I was a monster. Then, I guess you're exactly the monster I needed. That's not what you said when you left. I was angry. And I was tired. Tired of having the same fights over and over. And yes, I blamed you. It's no stretch to say I hated you in that moment. I still loved you too. Which made leaving hurt even more. I hated you too. For giving up. For taking that feeling away from me. You were the first person who ever made me feel like I was somebody and not just some generic raider girl. Amanda, you're so much more than that. You always have been. Anyone who actually gets to know you understands that. My parents love you. Odessa absolutely adores you. These are all people who've seen the real Amanda Otis. They not only like you, they respect you. The people who only see you for your body or how beautiful your face is. With these scars? Yes, with those scars. Do you remember how I used to run my fingers along them? How I kissed them? Yeah. Everything about you is beautiful, Amanda. Even your scars. And I pity the people who thought that physical beauty is all you have to offer. There's also that ruthlessness. <laughs> well, yes, there is that. Kind of a necessity to survive in the Raider world. And it is kind of hot. <laughs> you really know how to flatter a girl. It's part of the whole Elizabeth Kirby experience, I suppose. But I mean it. All of it. How long has this been bothering you for? I wish we could have talked about it sooner. It's been rattling around in my head ever since we broke up. But I guess I've been thinking about it a lot more over the past couple of weeks. Because of Odessa? No. In fact, hanging out with her has helped kind of take my mind off of it a little bit. She's a really fun distraction. You found a good one there. I did, didn't I? And I feel like we turned a corner while I was away. Like, there was less pressure. And I was finally able to do what you told me to do. Let it breathe? Yeah, 
And while we did pick out dresses together, they were for undercover work and not a wedding. (laughs) You know, she said the same thing about less pressure. Keep that up, okay? I'll do my best. But you didn't answer my question. Why has it been top of mind recently? I guess I knew this day was going to come. What are you talking about? Do you remember that little enclave, Lieutenant, that Valeria paid you to, uh, retrieve from me? Yes, of course. Cindy. Valeria was glad to have her back. I had to massage the truth a little bit to ease her re-entry into the enclave. What did you tell her? We had a conversation about the dangers of deep cover work. Valeria is... an interesting character. But the bottom line is that she cares about her people, and she was mostly glad that she had her back. Mostly. She was upset with Cindy for going AWOL and with herself for putting someone that young and inexperienced in that position. The thing my dad taught me about being a leader is that the hardest part is understanding the people under your command and deploying them in the way that most suits their capabilities rather than presuming that they can do all the things you can. Cindy is smart and capable, but... She's a child compared to virtually everyone else in the Enclave. But she brought us back together. So I can't complain too bitterly. There is that. Is that whole affair what's gotten you so upset? Wait, I think I might be starting to get it. Uh Uh-oh. When I took her back to Whitespring, she was furious with me. Obviously. She was... petulant. Almost bratty. But the thing that struck me at the time was that she told me she loved you, over and over. She was distraught to be taken away from you. And I know that feeling. Are you worried that being with you hurt her? That you've ruined her, like you thought you were ruining me? We were together for months. Surely you didn't have enough time. Beth, I... I have had enough time. You said have had and not did have. We're still together, Beth. You're what? It took a little time to work it out. Valeria had her on lockdown for quite a while, but... But you found a way. You always do. You're not mad? Of course I'm mad! Damn it, Amanda, I'm your best friend. How could you not tell me? I thought you'd be upset. Amanda, that was a job. I love you. That's more important than any payday. You should have trusted me. I don't trust myself, okay? I'm... I'm in love with her, Beth. And I'm scared shitless that I'm gonna end up hurting her like I hurt you. I get that you feel like you came out better on the other side of what I did to you. But I don't want to do the same thing to her. She's not like you. I don't know if she could bounce back like that. And... And I don't want to lose her like I lost you. Look, I've also done a lot of thinking about us. And the conclusion I reached is that we're so similar that the only two options for us as a couple were to rule the world or flame out in spectacular fashion. There could be no middle ground, and it ended up being the latter. From what I know about Cindy, you're right. She's not like me. And I think that means you two have a much better chance to be happy than we ever did. I hope so. I'm just... scared. You're the only other person I've ever felt like this about, and I don't want to fuck it up this time. But more than that, I don't want to fuck her up. It's a leap of faith. I get it. I just wish I had more faith in myself. 
I have faith in you. Look at how you've taken care of Odessa. Yeah, I guess you're right. I, uh, I liked taking care of her. Helped take our minds off things. And there's a lot of things to have our minds taken off of. I have a lot to think about, Beth. I've lived most of my life just trying to survive, you know? I never had time for feelings. Well, now that you're a successful business owner and a respected member of the radio community, maybe you're just making up for lost time. <laughs> maybe. But it's overwhelming. You wanted honesty. I'm having trouble dealing with it. A lot of trouble. I'm here for you. I want you to be happy and I'll do anything in my power to help make that happen. Including helping you with dinner. I think I need to handle it myself. That's fine. Do you at least want me to stay and keep you company? No, baby. You need to go look pretty for Odessa anyway. Okay. I'm still worried about you, though. Promise that you'll talk to me before you look for answers at the bottom of the bottle next time. Promise. We'll see you later. Bye. And Beth? Yes? I love you. I love you too. I cannot wait to hear this story. It was quite a night. I'm also very curious to see what's on the menu. I offered to help, but she shooed me away. Still, it should be a treat for someone to be cooking for you, for a change. The company's the important part. Did she forget dinner was tonight? No, I visited her earlier to see if she needed any help. Did she? She did, but not with dinner. Did she seem alright to you while I was gone? Yes, she was great, as a matter of fact. We had a lot of fun. Nothing seemed off. Something's wrong. I'm going in. Are you going to break down her door? No, I have a key. Amanda? Where are you? Let's check the rooms. Amanda! Are you here? Where is she? Do you think... No. God, at least I hope not. Besides, if the Morning Star or his men took her, there would be signs of a struggle. She wouldn't go down without a fight. No struggle here. I suppose you're right. That's good news, at least. She didn't say anything about leaving when we talked. Something must have come up. But why didn't she radio me? I could have helped. Beth. Over here. On the table. What? What is it? A note. And it's for you. She's gone. Gone? What do you mean, gone? She left. She said she was overwhelmed. Too many emotions. Too many feelings. She couldn't handle being here in Appalachia. Too many reminders. Damn it, I knew I should have stayed. It feels like I just got her back and... She's gone. Did she say she isn't coming back? No, but she didn't say that she is either. <sighs> she did say, though, that she left instructions at her bar that we can drink for free. That's a good sign, isn't it? 
If she still owns the spider's web, then she's got to come back, right? I hope so. I just... I just wish she trusted me to help her through it. But I'm part of the problem, so I guess that was off the table. Hey, don't talk like that. It's true. Amanda and I have such a complicated relationship, and I found out today that she's been seeing someone on the sly. She didn't trust me enough to tell me about it because she thought I'd be angry with her. Complicated or not, the one thing that's very clear is that you have a lot of love for each other. So much that even though you didn't work as a couple, you still found each other again as friends. And you've been there for each other ever since. <sighs> I just... I wish I could be there for her right now. I hate that she's hurting and I can't help. I have an idea. Why don't we lock up here and go back to your place? We can make dinner together and you can tell me your favorite Amanda stories. And I'll tell you about what happened the first night you were gone. That sounds quite nice, actually. Good. It's settled. And I'd like to stay the night, if that's okay. I don't think you should be alone tonight. I'll get you tucked into bed, and I'll only be a flight of stairs and a hallway away, if you need me. Odessa? Yes? Thank you. You're welcome. Now, let's make sure everything is secure here and head home. I uh, didn't bring anything to sleep in, though. Do you think Amanda would mind if I borrowed one of her t-shirts? <sighs> what a crazy couple of days. But I'm glad that we got to spend so much time together. And this party has been the perfect way to cap things off. Hey, you two. I'm sorry I haven't had a chance to say hi all night. Maybe steal a dance or two? You did a brilliant job organizing all this on short notice, Casey. You really did. This is an impressive party, Casey. And, uh, Initiate Jenkins seems nice. Handsome, too. <laughs> I guess we both have a thing for redheads. Thanks for letting me know, by the way, that you were going to ask Beth. I didn't want to leave you hanging. How many people asked you? I kind of lost count. <laughs> nice to see you haven't lost your touch. Neither have you. Look at you two. You're both gorgeous. One of the perks of having undercover work as part of my brief is a very robust wardrobe closet. I think you need to let me take a look through it sometime. We could have you over for dinner. It'd be nice to catch up properly. I want to know all about what you've been up to since you left the vault. And any embarrassing stories about Odessa, of course. Hey! <laughs> Beth is going to try to teach me to cook, but I promise I'll step aside and let her work her magic if you come over. That sounds great. Oh no, poor Ty looks completely lost. I'd better get back to him before he wanders into a ladder falls down a flight of stairs or something. Make sure he understands that he'd better not try any funny business, or I'll make sure that they'll never find his body. I'll be fine. I always held my own with you, remember? That you did. Hey, thank you. And have fun. She seems happy. She's in her element. I think that she's going to do great things for the Brotherhood.
I think they're playing our song. Shall we? We have a song? Nah, I just always wanted to say that. <laughs> You're a, a good dancer. Only on slow songs. I'm a bit of a disaster when the tempo gets too fast. Unless it's a tango. Ooh. Will you teach me? I would love to, but... Um, what? You know that the tango is a... dance of passion. I know. It's my parents' favorite dance. It's special to me. But I've never found the right partner to try it with myself. Not even with your former fiancé? Derek wasn't a dancer. He was more like a linebacker. <laughs> I see. But I don't want to talk about Derek right now. Of course. I'm sorry. It's alright. I just want to stay in this moment with you. That's what I want too. Just us. I'm not even sure there's anyone else here. I only see you. What should we do when the song is over? I am not ready for this night to end. It doesn't have to. We're both grown-ups. We don't have a curfew. We don't need permission. We never have. Just from ourselves. And each other. Beth. Yes, Odessa? When this song is over, I want you to take me home. We could have a glass of wine. Maybe a bite to eat. That's exactly what I had in mind. You know, you've made me breakfast, lunch, and dinner, but um, there's still one course left. Are you saying what I think you're saying? I'm ready for dessert, Beth. Once Upon a Wasteland, Episode 6, So Desperate a Step, was produced and directed by Brad Williams and written by D.K. Trueno. Starring Letitia Lemon as Elizabeth Kirby and Vitriol Plays as Odessa Valdez. Also starring Lucy Middleton as Amanda Otis, Jay Chadwick as Charles Watkins, Kirsty Harrison as Elise Kirby, and Crystal Sherry as Casey Barksdale. Featuring Elliot O'Brien as Craig McAllen, and Andrew Rivera as The Bouncer. And I'm your narrator, Ashley Sekon. Please join us for our next episode, Episode 7, The Mystic Chords of Memory. How well do you know your video game lovers? Do you want to know more about your favorite relationship options? Have you ever wondered how your video game bays stack up against all the rest of the delectable digital dates? I'm Genesis, a Mass Effect nerd and commander of the SS Innuendo. And on Two Girls, One Ship, we analyze, rate, and review all that the world of video game romances has to offer. And I'm Vervada 
the hopeless romantic cat lady, character design fangirl, and lifelong gamer, come check out our podcast, Two Girls, One Ship, on all your favorite podcast places. And remember, beauty is in the eye of the controller. I'm Brad Williams, the creator of Once Upon a Wasteland, a Fallout story. I'd like to thank you for demonstrating your support for our show by listening. If you'd like to read the full poem Elise and Beth were talking about, Cadencia by Stephen Dobbins, you can find it on the episodes page on our website, onceuponawasteland.com, where you can also find show information, scripts for each episode, artwork, and more. You can also find us on Twitter at onceupon76pod. If you like this episode, please leave a rating and review, and I hope you'll subscribe as well. And please, tell your friends. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can reach out to me directly on Twitter at onceupon76pod or via email at info at onceuponawasteland.com. We hope that you'll continue to join us as we follow Beth and Odessa's journey toward happily ever after. Thank you.